This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Marijuana is making headlines as several states legalize it. But can teenage marijuana use have long-term effects? A recent study had eye-opening results. You're talking about a drug that in a way combines both the negative aspects of cigarettes and the negative aspects of alcohol. It's perhaps even more dangerous than each of those alone. Then, why do we buy what we buy? You may be surprised by the psychology behind consumer choice. We'll have the story. This is what would happen before the Industrial Revolution in small communities, right? If we did right by a customer, if we did wrong by a customer, pretty much everyone in town would know about it by Sunday church. Those two interviews and much more are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you smoke marijuana as a teenager, could it affect offspring you may have years down the road? A recent study had some eye-opening results, and InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with a look. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're talking with Dr. Yasmin Hurd. She's the senior author of this research and a professor of psychiatry and neuroscience at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City. Professor Hurd, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. So just give us the basics of what you were studying. Our research looks at the developmental effects of marijuana, and we study it by using an animal model where we can exclude aspects of culture, family, friends, peers, and pressure and just look at the impact of THC, which is the major psychoactive component of marijuana, on the developing brain and on future generations. And so this recent study looked at adolescent exposure to THC and then looking at their offspring when they became adults. And even though their offspring themselves were not exposed directly to THC, they still developed addictive behavioral traits and changes in their brain chemistry that were indicative of greater vulnerability to psychiatric disorders. So basically what you're saying is the offspring of these rats that were exposed to marijuana were more likely to become drug addicts. Yes, the adult offspring in which parents were exposed to marijuana showed increased addiction vulnerability, increased addiction-like behaviors. We're not talking about rats who were pregnant as they were using marijuana or THC. There was a significant stretch of time between the time of this marijuana use and the time they gave birth, right? Correct. The lifespan of a rat is clearly different from the lifespan of a human, but the experimental design was to test exposure during adolescence, and then they weren't exposed to the drug any longer, so they were drug-free at the time that we allowed them to, you know, meet, fall in love, and get pregnant. So they were adults when they made it, and then we looked at their offspring when their offsprings were adults. Now, I can hear someone out there saying to the radio, you must have given them some massive dose of marijuana or THC in order to generate these results. How much are we talking about? 
that's one of the things that we were very conscious about because any high dose of anything can produce some toxicity. So we use actually quite low to moderate exposure and we did it on a periodic level. So you can say even a joint every third day or so, even less when you look at some aspects of the pharmacology of the drug. So it was quite a moderate periodic exposure during adolescence. So it was not excessive amounts at all. So the equivalent of one every three days for what period of time? From early to late adolescence. What is your theory as to why this is happening? Is marijuana or THC somehow modifying DNA? Marijuana itself does not change the DNA sequence. It's not a toxic agent like that. But what we think is happening is that it changes the structure of the DNA and so how the DNA is read, which is important for regulating the genes and the proteins and who we are as people. So we still do not understand as yet the molecular mechanisms that allow this to happen across generations and that's something that's actively being investigated by us and a number of labs around the world because it's a very important question and it relates to other things than just marijuana in terms of what happens during one's lifetime, what aspects of that can get transmitted to the next generation. Were you surprised at the results of this study? Yes. Even though I made the experimental design to look across generations, I did not expect it to really have an effect. So the results were surprising, but it was important to investigate. And for us, we know that psychiatric vulnerability, there are many things than just your DNA that contributes to individual risk to disease. And so we're trying to look at what happens in one generation, if indeed it could impact another. And it most likely is not only limited to drugs such as marijuana, but other perhaps stress effects in one's lifetime. But it was nevertheless a surprise. So it is possible that these effects may be transferred to subsequent grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so forth. Yes, absolutely. Fascinating. Our guest on InfoTrack is Yasmin Hurd, Ph.D., a professor of psychiatry and neuroscience at Mount Sinai in New York. And we're talking about her rather shocking study that found that if you're a teenager who uses marijuana on a regular basis, Years from now, your children may have an increased likelihood of drug addiction. Dr. Hurd, let's talk about marijuana on a more general level. It certainly has become a controversial and confusing and political issue. Can we talk just a moment about some of the controversial claims made by some marijuana proponents? Is there any scientific basis to the claim that marijuana is less dangerous than alcohol? I think it's how that is framed. Alcohol is a very dangerous drug. Just because it's a recreational substance does not mean it doesn't produce negative effects. So marijuana, just like alcohol, has a significant impact on health. So it is definitely as harmful as alcohol, but that doesn't make it a good thing just because alcohol is very abundant in our society. In addition to being similar to alcohol, marijuana also has health aspects similar to cigarettes, for example. So you're talking about a drug that in a way combines both the negative aspects of cigarettes and the negative aspects of alcohol. So I think that it's perhaps even more dangerous than each of those alone. But there are other positive aspects of marijuana on a medicinal level that we can investigate to see if we can improve medications as well. So each drug has positive and negative, but marijuana is by no means a safe drug. How much do we know about the effect of marijuana use on brain development in adolescence? 
Very little, and that's very important for us to realize. There's so little research that's done, yet policymakers aren't really considering that fact when they make policy. And without research, I think that we're going to miss significant information that will guide identifying people at risk, developing treatments, understanding what are the long-term impacts. So, so little is done on the developing brain about the impact of marijuana. I find it very shocking that there's so many people that are so dogmatic, both pro and con, but there's this dogmatic nature, yet still very little research exists. The legalization of marijuana in a few states, plus the outright seal of approval of celebrities and politicians, makes this issue tougher than ever for parents, doesn't it? Yes, I don't have teenage kids, and I feel for those people who do. But I think knowledge is power, so that's why I think it is important for parents to become knowledgeable themselves and to let their teens also try and find out as much as possible. But there is a skewed aspect to how information is given out about marijuana. As I said, because very little scientific information is put in the media, you have the people like movie stars and so on who are pro-marijuana that are much louder and have more visibility. So people are only hearing one aspect of marijuana about the impact of marijuana and not really getting a full picture. So I do think that education about the impact of marijuana on the brain is critical. And it's critical for teens to get that information so they can better make choices that can impact their lives later on. And we do know that marijuana effect on the adolescent brain is different than the marijuana effect on the adult brain. So again, we're doing a disservice to our kids if we let them think that it's a safe drug, it has no impact, and it's just like alcohol and cigarettes because those are already legalized, so let's legalize yet another that's not, quote-unquote, more dangerous. But on the developing brain, it definitely has a strong impact. You mentioned a few moments ago that you don't have any high school kids, but based upon what you learned from this study, if you were speaking to a high school student, what would you tell them? I would tell them that they should find out more information about marijuana, that it's not just this panacea that it's safe. If it didn't affect your brain, people would not take this drug because you take the drug to change your perception of the world. So it does impact your brain, and it impacts your brain for a long time, and it even impacts the brain of your potential children. Dr. Yasmin Hurd, the senior author of this research and a professor of psychiatry and neuroscience at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City. Hey, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, what's the science behind consumer choice and customer loyalty? It may not be what you expect. The answer's coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 